0: I got the white ice, I can't do wrong I got the black AP, the a two-tone I done went colorblind, I don't my shine on no. How's it going today, guys? Once again, we're back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. The second time I'm coming to y'all this week. I'm not going to lie, guys. I've been really busy. i got to work both my jobs again today. It's kind of like my last real busy week. School's just started. But after that, I'll be coming to y'all a lot more on a more regularly basis. It's kind of sucked that I've had to work and stuff so much. But at least I'm almost done with it. I'm done with this internship for the summer. So everything's looking good. But, you know, guys, we got to talk about it. The young stud, the brave. Ronald Acuna and I'm not gonna lie guys I was pissed off last night I don't know about y'all but I really feel like the Marlins not only attacked him but they attacked us as a franchise I mean I've been reading about this kid for, I guess, two, three years now. I mean, he's been everything I thought he would and more. You know, he was what was giving me hope night in and night out as a Braves fan. There's a time there when the Falcons were the only, and the Falcons and Hawks were good, so I kind of forgot about the Braves, but, you know, Hawks suck now, guys. So, I mean, I've been huge on the Braves, and it's finally nice to see Acuna playing so well in this young combo we have of him and Albies now. I'm not going to lie, when, that, when he hit that home run in the first game of the doubleheader on Monday against the Marlins, I was like, geez. I was like, akuna has been hot. I go look at his stats and... Next thing you know, guys, Kuna's extended his hitting streak to six games, and he's a home run in five of those. I mean, you're just like, dang, this kid's going off. Then, next thing you know, he goes in the second part of the doubleheader, hits another home run, makes it seven, makes it a six-game hitting streak or s- seven-game hitting streak, six-game home run streak. Then, the um, then the next day, he hit that leadoff home run, and he hit the home run later in the game, giving him eight home runs in eight games and an eight-game hitting streak. So, I mean, Acuna has been absolutely going off. Off over this stretch and I mean, he's already stepped in the limelight and been a lot better than I thought he would now. And, you know, I just feel like that Acuna is that everyday player. Like, he's that big-time outfielder. He's got the strong arm. There was a play in that uh, first game of the doubleheader when Tookie Toussaint, another baby brave who I'd been really looking forward to playing. He went off. I kind of talked about him a little bit on Monday when I when I finished recording the podcast. That was during uh, game two of the doubleheader. But there was a play when Tookie had uh, runners at, at second and third. Ooh, nobody out. They had already gotten one run in that inning, and you're like, geez, like he looked good in the first inning, but it was just one of those first innings. He gets through it. Then after that, he's about to get shelled. Next thing you know, there's a line drive. Acuna comes in, charges the ball, catches it, and he throws a missile in, which was cut off by the pitcher because the runner didn't even think about trying him because they already knew not to. But I mean, he's the real deal, guys. He's a five tool player. He's fast. We saw him steal bases and everything. He can do every single thing that we wanted to do and more. I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. I mean, I still think Mike Trout, will probably be the best player in baseball for a couple of years, but maybe when he's on that decline, Acuna can step in and take that uh, crown from him. I mean, he's only 20 years old, we all forget. He is 20 years old, and he has 18 home runs. He's in 288 on the season. I mean, this kid is an absolute freak. He's a beast. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, guys. I was pissed off last night when the Marlins, when Urana threw that pitch and drilled him in the arm. I mean, he absolutely deserved to be ejected from the game, and I love how the team went out there to defend him, especially Brian Snicker. I mean, that's what you want to see out of a manager like Snicker. That's going to make guys want to come in and play day in and day out they know the manager's got their back that was the big thing with bobby cox bobby cox is a players manager like yeah he might get on you and stuff but he's going to take up for you in game and he's got your back and that's what you want out of your teammates that's what you want out of your coach and that's what i love about this braves team guys i feel like everybody's got their back this team our pitching i'm not gonna lie guys is not great but i mean if we hit the ball the way we've been hitting it we can ride it into the world series i don't see how we couldn't uh, i mean it obviously is a stretch saying that we could get to the world series but like I said, guys, I mean, we just got to keep hitting the ball. That's what we're best at is hitting the ball. So as long as we keep on hitting the ball, we're going to keep on manufacturing runs. But I thought that was absolutely Bush League last night. I mean, the Marlins are an absolute joke of a franchise. That's just what they're going to do is do cheap stuff like that. They just didn't want to see Acuna hit another home run. I guarantee if they threw a strike, he was taking that ball way out of there. There's no shot. Um, they actually came out that he's fine. It's just a day-to-day little wrist injury. I mean, he they said he'll be back in the lineup here in two three days so you can continue This streak But this kid is special guys And he's created a buzz Around this team This team finally has some hype You know I work down there By the stadium I intern with the residential Complexes down there And I can really feel like That this team has a lot of hype And the fans are all into it And everything I see fans coming out of the park Everybody's wearing Acuna stuff Albies They're all wearing that I mean everybody's repping the team not to mention freddie freeman you know it's really hard to forget about freddie freeman nick marcakis and what they've been doing just with how stacked up this team is i mean these guys have been special this season and this team has been special in general i mean freddie freeman guys is an mvp caliber candidate and i really think he could have a good shot at it i mean if the braves win the division i would probably vote freddie freeman for mvp obviously i don't have an mvp vote but i would definitely would give it to freddie freeman if i had one if we were able to win this division um we got a big series this week against the Rockies. or Actually, I guess the Rockies just come to – yeah, they, we have a big series against them. It's a four-game series. We just got done with that little four-game series against the Marlins. Not a lot of rest on here for the Braves. It's not a bad thing, though. We're a deep young team. Um, I wanted to it's give you all a couple more stats here for the Braves. Um, I mean, Nick Marcakis, guys, this guy's been knocking the cover off the ball, him and Freddie Freeman, both. Both of them pretty much have identical stats. Marcakis hitting three twenty one, three twenty. Uh, three for Freddie, um, home runs wise though. Freddie's got tw- got twenty to uh, is fourteen. I'm not gonna lie. my friends give me shit for this every single day, but I said Marquez was gonna have a worse season, and I really thought he was going to. But. I mean, guys, this guy's been amazing this season. He's just k- kept hitting the ball. He's not slacked off at all. And, you know, it was weird because Mark Hakus, going into the season, he had regressed after his first year with the Braves. He hit over 300. Then after that, he kind of regressed, regressed. And I was like, dang, he's getting old. He's going to keep on regressing. But here he is still hitting the ball late in his career. That's what you love to see. Actually, Freddie and Mark Hakus are 1-2 and two in the NL in uh, batting average right now, which is kind of crazy. I mean, the Braves... Abe's having the great season you know you also got Nolan Arenado, big time uh, MVP candidate who plays on the Rockies you know he's he's fourth in the MLB and runs bad in at 84 He's second in the, uh, in the NL in home runs at 30. And he is, uh, also fourth in the, NL, in the NL in batting average at 308. So, I mean, it's going to be a big series. I think Arnato is probably one of the leaders for MVP. But at the same time, if his team misses the playoffs, Freddie could easily snag that. Cause I mean, what Freddie's doing is great guys. Freddie's decently high up there in war. He's third in the NL, which is higher than Arnato, who's at five, but. But, I mean, I still think Freddie is the leader if they can win the division. It's going to be tough for the Rockies to make the playoffs in a very stacked NL. Um, if you look over at the AL, I just don't see how you can possibly pick Mookie Betts over J.D. Martinez for league MVP. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mookie's hitting 352, but... J.D. Martinez is second in the batting average at 333 That's higher than anyone in the NL. He's first in home runs at 37. Matt Carpenter's the only one even close with 33, um, And he's 104 runs batted in, which is also first in the AL. I mean, dude, J.D. Martinez has been amazing. His war is actually not even top five, but stats don't lie, guys. Mookie might have the highest war, but I still like his stats. It's crazy, though. I think the NL has a lot more, like, even skill and even teams. But I think that the AL has a lot better like players and a lot better teams. Like I just feel like the team's difference is so much bigger in the AL than it is in the NL. And I also forgot to say this earlier, but I want to give a shout out to Charlie Hecht. The A's now sit two games back after last night. And he said he thought the A's would make the playoffs. Looks like they're making that run, guys. I mean, they've won 72 games. They honestly are knocking on the door here. The Yankees, the Yankees have really slowed down here in the second half of the season. Their splits have not been as good as they would like them to be. I mean, the Red Sox have not slowed down at all. They're at 86 and 36, which is absolutely amazing. They have the same amount of losses at 36 as the Orioles do wins, which is pretty sad, guys. The Orioles and the Red and the uh, Royals have both won 36 games. I mean, that's just downright pathetic. It's kind of feel bad for the uh, Reds sitting down in the cellar of the Central with 52 wins. You know, every single team in that division has over 60 wins. That's just been a very competitive division. It just sucks for the Reds that they're stuck there. You know, the the Marlins and the Padres with have 48 so losses, I mean, wins. So it's definitely an interesting run in the NL right now. The way everything looks, the Braves are in first place at 68 51. Cubs are 69 and 50. Diamondbacks are 66 and 65. I really thought the uh, NL West was going to be extremely stacked this year, but. It's kind of disappointed me. That, you know, the Rockies and the Dodgers both sit a game and a half back. The Dodgers came out of the gates really hot this second half of the season have cooled off. The Brewers have kind of kind of cooled off there for a while, and they still kind of are. And now they're 4-6 and six over their last 10-game stretch. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting race here, guys. And this will really determine a lot in the MVP race and everything. Um... I really like the Cubs. I picked them before the season started to come out of the um, NL. I really think they're, it's going to be them. But at the same time, guys, if the Braves are hot and hitting the ball, they can get out of this stacked up NL. And I think it'll be huge for them to be able to avoid the wild-card game. Right now in wild-card standings, the Phillies and the Brewers would be the wild-card if the season ended. Um, the the Rockies, I guess, would sit two games back, as would the Dodgers would sit or actually the Dodgers have one more. Yeah. The Dodgers would sit two games back as well. So it'd be interesting to see how everything plays out, but I'm excited guys. It's going to be a fun race, you know, rather than when you go look over at the AL, pretty much everything's already set. The Mariners and the A's and uh, Yankees are to battle it out for that wild card spot. And honestly, it'd be crazy to see the Yankees drop out, but the Red Sox have just been absolutely amazing this year. I mean, their runs scored runs allowed. That's just amazing. Their differential plus, 211 differentials, so... I'm really excited guys for this Braves team. I'm really glad that nothing bad happened to Kuna. I'm still a little heated about it. I know everyone in Atlanta is, but it guys, it's been a fun MLB season. I'm ready for some more, you know, we're really getting in the big stretch of the season. So let's have a good rest of the season here and see what happens. Okay, guys. So now for my second segment today and my last segment, um, I'm going to talk to y'all a little bit about the ACC and SEC, my uh, five offensive players. I'm most excited to watch in each conference. And so I'm going to start off here at the ACC, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get my Florida state player out of the way since y'all know I'm gonna have to have one on here I got running back Cam Akers I mean Cam Akers one of the top recruits coming out of college I don't know if y'all have ever seen his film tape but literally untackleable like they literally if they didn't push him out of bounds it'd take at least four people to bring him down this kid is an absolute freak he played a little quarterback too in high school last year he had 194 carries for 1024 yards and seven touchdowns I mean Cam Akers absolutely went off I loved how at the end of the season against Syracuse he gashed them big with 22 carries for 199 yards and two touchdowns Um, I think he can be really dynamic as a running back in this offense he obviously got out to a slow start but then he picked it up after that so I really think that Cam Akers guys is the kind of guy who can be a big game changer for us I look for us to get him more involved in the passing game this season we have Jacquez Patrick as well another good running back but I really think Akers is going to dominate the backfield with those touches and I think he could really be a Heisman Trophy front runner if FSU is able to win these swing games against like Notre Dame and Clemson in in Miami on their schedule. So it really is going to come down to those games right there for the uh for those or those big time swing games just to determine all that stuff because y'all know Heisman has a lot to do with winning. Like I will argue to this day with anyone gladly that Derrick Henry didn't deserve that Heisman trophy against over Dalvin Cook. Like I'll argue with anybody that but let's move on from there to Ryan Finley, quarterback Boston College. He's going to be a senior this year. Um Last year, he was pretty damn good. He had uh, 312 um, att- or completions on 479 attempts. That's a 65.1 per- completion percentage. Um, he had th- over 3,000 yards, actually over 3,500 yards. Um, he threw for 17 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, had a great passer rating of 130 uh, 136.0. Overall, though, guys, NC State's going to have a really good team. Their top receiver, Kelvin Harmon, is returning. I mean, the Wolfpack obviously lost Bradley Chubb they lost Jalen Samuels one of their top receivers um, I believe yeah they also lost Naheem Hines to the Colts their running back but this team is still really good guys I mean they were they played really well in the ACC last year so I expect them to be back fully and definitely to give some definitely to play teams close I don't know if they'll be as good as they were last year I can't remember what their record was last year but I definitely see a good season coming for NC State and I think Wolfpack fans should be ready I mean got to build off what you did last year and last season NC State did end up going uh, nine and four so I mean great season for them They put 52 up on Arizona State in their bowl game I mean I really like what the Wolfpack's got going on here for them Uh, my next player on my list is AJ Dillon running back from Boston College and we all remember guys that uh, Boston College is one of those teams that puts a lot of good running backs in the NFL I mean they had um, Andre Williams who's one of the best and just even looking back more and more they had so many good running backs this has always been a good running system coach Dazio is just a good coach I mean he looks crazy over there on the sidelines he kind of scares me a little bit but I mean AJ Dillon guys he ran for over 1500 yards last year 14 <coughs> 14 touchdowns my bad But this is only a sophomore season, guys. So, just like Cam Akers, as a true freshman, they both went off. Both these guys are sophomores. So, I don't know how great Boston College as a team will be. You know, they haven't been as good as of late. Really, those Matt Ryan BC teams are the best teams that they ever had. And I mean, I loved watching Matt Ryan play when he was there, but I look for Boston College to definitely do better than they did last year going seven and six so I think this team could really turn things around but AJ Dillon is going to be a player to watch guys and he's going to do lots of big things coming out of his backfield my next player is Taquan Marshall from Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech guys they had a disappointing season last year but I expect to see them bounce bounce back and have a much better season. Uh, Taquan as you all know is a triple option quarterback so he runs the ball over teams. Um, His passing I know for a fact he's been working on his passing I'm actually going to have Taquan come on the show probably next week and talk a little ACC with me as well as a couple other Georgia Tech football players. I got some good connections there. Um, But Taquan Marshall, actually he had... Uh, 37.1 uh, completion percentage was not great but he did throw for uh, 927 yards 10 touchdowns five interceptions so i mean he didn't have a terrible season passing the ball but where he did do good stuff at was carrying the ball he had 247 carries for 1146 yards 17 rushing touchdowns so i mean he had 27 total touchdowns which is pretty darn good for a college quarterback so i mean i i really look for taquan to have another good season, I mean, I think that Georgia Tech, though, as its program kind of had a down year, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. I look for wide receiver Brad Stewart going into his junior or senior season to have a big impact for this team as well. I mean, it was a really disappointing season though for Georgia Tech last year. They didn't even make a bowl game, guys. They got absolutely waxed by Georgia. I mean, it's just all around just bad look for Georgia Tech. I think they yeah they ended the season five and six, so that's they had a couple swing games at the end. They really needed to win, but I look for Tech to have a much better season in this year and then my last player is Trevor Lawrence. We all know the kid coming out of Harrison. I really look for him in this Clemson offense. I think Kelly Bryant's going to struggle. I'm not a big Kelly Bryant guy at all, guys. I just don't really think that he's any, as good as people think he is. He looked terrible against Alabama, but, I mean, it is Alabama. Alabama can make a lot of good players look bad, but, I mean, like we saw Nick Fitzgerald get better against them. I just really think, I mean, it's harder to say a guy who took his team 12-2 last year lost in the Sugar Bowl, a Final Four, four Bowl game, is not that talented, but but I just really don't think that he can get the job done for them. And so I think that Clemson will turn the starting job over to Trevor Lawrence, kind of a lot like how that, um, Deshaun Watson won the starting job when he was at Clemson I actually heard Dabo today on the radio when I was driving back from the gym and Dabo was saying that he expects to sh- show off all three quarterbacks I mean obviously against Furman we'll see him all their next game is at Texas A&M though I could really see if he struggles I mean we all know what the 12th fan could be like Jimbo's first year there Jimbo knows how to play against Clemson it could be interesting but we'll see him again I know against Georgia Southern but I mean really at Georgia Tag versus Syracuse at Wake Forest I feel like if the team's under, under uh, producing during one of those games that they're going to Yank him out real quick and throw in another uh, Quarterback and get things and Throw in Trevor Lawrence and he'll get things done for them So I mean this kid has a lot of hype around him guys And I guarantee you he's going to play up for it He's the real deal so I really like What, what we're seeing here now I'm going to move to the SEC Here I've got senior Jared Stidham. Stidham, as we all know, guys, he transferred over from Baylor. Um, Stidham was is a I believe he's a second. He's on the second team. Yeah, he's on the second team all SEC to start the season out. Um, last year, he had a great season though in Auburn. I mean, he was really highly recruited when he's at Baylor and was like a real sought after prospect. So Auburn was lucky to land him. But I mean, he took Auburn to the SEC championship game where they lost in that bowl game against UCF. Like I told y'all guys, that was a hammer. That UCF winning that game. I had everything riding but sit him uh had 246 uh, uh, c- completions on 370 attempts that's really good right there he threw for uh 3158 yards he had a 66.5 completion percentage 18 touchdowns to six interceptions uh he didn't really do too much running the ball he just had 153 yards rushing but four rushing touchdowns i mean total that's 22 touchdowns so that's why i take taiko on having that uh having 27 total touchdowns as being something crazy but guys stidham's really good quarterback i think auburn's really going to be that swing team in the sec i mean they got some big swing games coming up on their schedule this year so they're going to need a guy like stidham to absolutely ball out i mean first game of season versus washington 330 on abc that game's gonna be so much fun to watch um but i think the biggest game on this on this schedule obviously are going to be at alabama and at georgia i mean i just feel like that it's and honestly at mississippi state too even though they lost dan mullen but they still have Nick fitzgerald who On my list, I'll get to in a minute, but I just really feel like guys, if they can win one of those two games at Georgia, at Alabama, they can really shake up the playoff and really shake things up in the SEC. That is as long as they don't get upset. We know how hard it can be week in and week out in the SEC. Easily the best conference. I'm an ACC guy. That's what I like to watch. It's my favorite conference, but I love the SEC too, and I can't lie. The SEC is better than the ACC. I'll give them that, but we're better at basketball, but. Anyway, I really think Stidham, guys, big player to watch. Um, next, I got DeAndre Swift, Georgia running back. Obviously, his stats aren't as good as you would want to see, but that's just because I mean he had Chubb and Michelle in the backfield. There's Georgia fans are arguing the last year that they had the three best running backs in the in the SEC, which I thought was a little reckless, but still, regardless of that, I mean, guys, Georgia's going to have a good season next year. I really think that their schedule, just like Auburn, they got us a couple swing games at South Carolina, at LSU, and then obviously versus Auburn. Those are the three games that they could possibly lose, but I like them at home versus Auburn. We all know how that series goes. Whoever's at home wins, but let me get down to it here, guys. Swift actually got 81 carries in that stacked up backfield for 618 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Fromm's more of a game manager, guys. He managed a lot of games. I look for, but he played really, really, really well in the SEC championship game and in the national championship like the two, and honestly, against Oklahoma too. He played amazing. Fromm got better as the stage got bigger. But I look for Georgia to rely on him heavily and give him the ball a lot. I mean, this team is really deep at running back, so I look for them just to run the ball a lot this year and to ride swift as long as they can. I, just, I mean, if he runs the ball well, it's going to be crazy for Georgia. My next my next player on the list is another quarterback. I'm not going to lie, guys. I kind of stacked this thing up with quarterbacks. I think the SEC's got a lot of the better quarterbacks in the nation. Um, I have Nick Fitzgerald, quarterback from Mississippi State, so we all know, guys, he's coming off the off the ACL injury. But the thing I like about Fitzgerald, guys, is he got better as the season got on and he played one of his best games against Alabama. I mean, that was a game that I came into thinking, oh, Alabama's got this. It's not even going to be close yet. Fitzgerald sat back there, guys. He threw the ball all over Alabama all over them, ran the ball well, too. I mean, this kid is a freak athlete. He's another Georgia product. I love my Georgia products. I mean, I'm, I'm all about them, all about them. But it was in a loss to Alabama. But, I mean, it was 24-31. They drove down the field, almost had a chance to win. He had 158 yards passing, and he had 66 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. I mean, obviously, the stats don't jump off the page. But, guys, he really moved the ball up and down the field against Alabama, which is really tough to do. But he ended up getting hurt against Ole Miss, which kind of hurt his stats. Honestly, his stats were better in 2016, where he threw for 2,423 yards, but he threw for 1,782 yards last year, 15 touchdowns, 11 picks, 21 and 10. Obviously, y'all are saying all these stats aren't as good as you'd want to see them be. I mean, guys, the SEC defenses, you're pretty much playing against the majority of the NFL's defensive players in those games, so... You definitely cannot sleep on those SEC defenses. Those are the best ones in the league. I mean, the SEC SEC guys is in a league of its own with just all the players it puts out. Like, it baffles me year in and year out how LSU can have all these guys, yet none of them ever do anything. But let's get here now to the Missouri quarterback, Drew Locke. I mean, he's he's an animal, honestly. He threw the ball all over Georgia, I remember, in that first quarter. Great player. He threw for uh, 3,964 yards, almost 4,000 yards passing as a college quarterback back I mean that is just crazy guys he had a uh, 44 touchdown passes and 13 um, interceptions I mean guys drew like what I mean I know Missouri didn't play any defense but that offense like 44 touchdown passes like that you got to be kidding me only one rushing touchdown but guys true lock is he had over 4,000 total yards he ran for over 100 yards putting him over 4,000 total yards like that is not easy to do in college football so I mean true locks probably the best player in the SEC. I mean, I would argue that with anybody who's the best player in the SEC. I'd definitely take Drew Locke. I think he is, but his team's not as good. But as the last player, I know this isn't necessarily a player, guys, but I had to go with um, the, all the Alabama running backs. Every single year, Alabama just pumps out the running backs. I'm telling you, one one leaves, three more pop up, or one has one good carry, then they sub in three, uh, sub, sub in another one. He runs the ball 20 yards, sub in another one, sub in another one. They got the Harris brothers, Najee and Damian. Obviously, Damian will lead the charge. He led He was actually second in carries behind Jalen Hurts, but I mean, that's different now he had over a thousand yards rushing 11 touchdowns uh they lost both scarborough to the nfl dallas drafted him um they got naji harris obviously gonna run the ball a lot too and josh jacobs he's a junior so i mean alabama is going to be splitting these carries up guys they are going to be running the ball a lot this team i mean they're the best team in the sec i think they're fa- they're pretty much picked to win the national title every single year um if you look down their schedule too i think they have a really favorable schedule their hardest game will definitely be versus auburn but they start the season off versus Louisville I mean I'm pretty sure the spread on this game Alabama versus Louisville is like Crazy! I'm pretty sure it's like a 25 point spread or something like that or 20 point spread. It's, I mean, isn't it's not projected to be a close game at all, guys. Yeah, let me get the spread on this game. The spread on this game is 24 and a half. That's what I'm saying, guys. Like Alabama's head and shoulders above everyone in the SEC. They're head and shoulders above everyone in the nation. I mean, it's just Alabama football. They're like the Patriots of, of college football. They got the best coach of all time, Nick Saban. And I can comfortably say that because he's so good at recruiting and he made the greatest coaching decision ever of subbing Tua in in that game and ended up winning it I mean that's the greatest call I've ever seen I think that's the greatest call I've ever seen in sports by any coach but this concludes today's podcast I appreciate y'all listening we're gonna have a lot more college football talk with y'all it's right around the corner 16 days I believe until that first Saturday of games I should need to tweet out my image I'm definitely gonna do a little throwback Peyton Manning picture on there you know for 16 days till the season starts but Appreciate y'all tuning in. Follow me at Hock Taster TP3. Hit me up on Twitter. Anything, you already know. Have a good one, y'all. What I was supposed to do when he ranch blue. What I was supposed to do when he ranch blue. Ooh, I a doing, ranch blue. ooh. I should have gave them dog food that went to your node. I should've never got caught up with a cougar. Way too clever, way too jealous.